Life is an epic journey. Live it unleashed. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Living Unleashed podcast. On this podcast, we're journeying together to discover this life that Jesus said he came to bring, this abundant life. It is a life filled with hope, joy, peace, and freedom, and that's the life we are seeking to discover as we follow him, and I'm glad that you are here today to join me for the journey as we continue this time together. Ah, Thanks for being here. It's an awesome time. A beautiful day outside today. I tell you what, it feels like spring outside, and that's really nice to to feel here at the beginning of February. Doesn't sound like it's going to be very long-lived. Might have some colder weather at the end of the week, but hey, this time of the year, I'll take every day like this that the good Lord wants to throw at us. And uh, so it's just it's just an awesome day, beautiful day, and we're going to jump right in. Uh, to our podcast today. Uh, No chitter-chatter today. We're just going to get straight to it Uh, because I want to continue on the thoughts that we started last week. You'll recall that uh, last week we were talking about the greatest commandment. We said, you know, if you don't do anything else, do this one thing because Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And I had said that if I had the opportunity to ask Jesus any question, I believe this is a question I would have liked to have asked him. You know, what's the most important? Just cut to the chase, Jesus. What's the most important thing? What's that thing that that I need to have focus my attention on? And he answers that question by saying that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And One of the things that we discovered in last week's podcast is that's about intentionality, that the word love is not uh, asking us to call forth or work up warm, fuzzy feelings towards God, but that it is intentional action where we, one, want to engage with God, spend time with God, read his word, pray, listen for him, listen to him, uh, just spend time in his presence, just worshiping him, lots of intentional action. But we also discovered that loving God is directly connected to obeying God, that if we love him, we're going to do what he says. We're, we're, we want to know what he has to say on these various matters that we engage in in life, and we want to follow his direction. But Jesus didn't stop with just that one command. He said, and the second is this. So he didn't just give one. He said, and the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, we did that quick recap of last week's podcast, and if you want to know more, you can go back and listen to last week's episode, because this idea today is similar to last week's in this, that it is about intentional actions. Once again, this word love is not put there to invite us to work up warm, fuzzy feelings for others and for our neighbors. That's not what it's speaking about. Now, hey, listen, it's great to have those feelings of love. We definitely, as we sit and worship God, man, we want to, you know, we want to have that feeling of just loving on him. 
And and when we're asked to f- to love others, we're we're not asked to do it in a sort of mindless, emotionless way. There is to be a passion behind it because we want to do what God said. But when he says love others, it is chocked full of action and intentionality that we have to make that intentional choice. Now, we could spend a lot of time just delving into what Jesus says in the Gospels about how we act towards others, how we respond to them, and the like, and we'll discover that it's full of actions. It's full of things like forgive others, be generous with others, care for others, do for others. Uh, So there's all of these intentional actions. And when Jesus said this, that we are to love our neighbor as ourselves, it would have immediately called to mind to his hearers a very particular passage of Scripture, because Jesus didn't make up either of these. When he was asked what the greatest commandment was, he quoted two Old Testament passages— to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength comes from the Shema, and it's, within, and it's in the book of Deuteronomy. And then to love your neighbor as yourself is found in Leviticus. Leviticus, actually, chapter 19. Now, we don't tend to turn to Leviticus a lot because it's a book that doesn't—it's uh, just—let's yeah, just be honest. It's kind of boring. There's really not a narrative arc to it, a story. It's more or less a list of rules and regulations and laws that the Israelites were to follow, but all to one singular end, and that is that they are to be holy as the Lord their God is holy. And that is the singular end of Leviticus, is that idea that God is unique and he is original he is set apart. He is other. And, and that we are made in his image. And that when compared to the rest of the world, you know, God says, you are my chosen possession. He says this to Israel, uh, a kingdom of, of priests, a holy nation, uh, because they're to be witnesses to the rest of the world. And so there's this uniqueness and Leviticus kind of stakes out how they're unique, how they're supposed to act. Now, some of it are laws and regulations de- dealing with uh, the, the um, worship and rituals that they were to be about. Part of it also has to do with how they um, uh, care for cleanliness and how they deal with dead bodies or what happens if they get blood on them, those, those types of things. But then there's also these moral guidelines. And... In chapter 19, the first half of the chapter especially, deals primarily with these kind of moral guidelines. And really, it sounds like kind of a rehashing of the Ten Commandments with some extra stuff thrown in. But what's interesting about it is, is that within this passage, there are all of these guidelines, all these laws for how we relate to one another. So it starts out in, I'm in chapter 19 of Leviticus in verse 3, you know, we're supposed to respect our father and mother. Well, we find that in the Ten Commandments. If we go on down to verse 9, it says, when you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your fields or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. 
well, that all sounds kind of odd. Why wouldn't you want to uh, be as efficient as possible and get it all? Well, it says you're supposed to leave them for the poor and the foreigner. Why? Because I am the Lord your God. So here, they're called to a particular action that doesn't, um, that isn't even for a specific person. Uh, it's not something they're doing for an individual. They're supposed to practice a rhythm of life that re- leaves room for others to experience their generosity uh, simply because. Then uh, that's it. I mean, you know, they the others can um, uh, can have it. You know, do not steal. Well, when you steal, you take from others. So that's how we treat others. Do not lie. Well, when you lie, you lie to others. Uh, you deceive, seek to deceive them in some way, which the very next sentence says, do not deceive one another. All right? In verse 13, you're not supposed to defraud or rob your neighbor, and, and you're not supposed to hold back the wages of a hired worker overnight. You're not supposed to curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind, but fear your God. Why? Because I am the Lord. So even those who are weaker than you are, you're not supposed to in any way take advantage of them. You are instead to build them up. Do not uh, go about spreading slander among your people. You know, don't talk about others. Don't slander others. Gossip. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. Do not hate a a fellow Israelite in your heart. Rebuke your neighbor frankly so you will not share in their guilt. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge, verse 18, against Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So here's all this list of ways that we relate and interact with others, and it caps it off with love your neighbor as yourself. So when Jesus reaches back into Leviticus and picks up this verse and says, love your neighbor as yourself, he's picking it up and and he's not taking it out of his context, but he's bringing that context with it. Because these very things that Leviticus talks about, about how we are to interact with others, are repeated both within his own teachings and within the New Testament letters uh, that we will find from folks like Paul and Peter and John and how we treat one another. And so we quickly discover that loving our neighbor is about intentional actions— And where we said earlier that it's not about working up warm, fuzzy feelings, it's actually the exact opposite. Many of the things that there are prohibitions against doing that he says don't do are the things that would come most natural to us. It's it's the first thoughts we would have. It's the first words that might be out of our mouth. It's the most natural reaction we might take. And we say, well, that's, you know, that's just who I am. Um, and, and that's just what I think or, or what have you. Well, we're actually challenged to change that. And just because that's the first thing that came to our mind doesn't mean that we have to, uh, to, to say it, but we're actually t- uh, challenged to be intentional about what we say, what we do, and to intentionally love others. So this takes, it takes um, um, well, an intention. I mean, we have to want to do it. Just like we have to want to love God, because when it said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, we discover that both in the Deuteronomy passage and in Jesus' own teaching, that to love God is to obey Him. Now, I don't always, may not always feel like doing what God has said to do, but if I love God, it says I'm going to obey Him anyway. I'm going to do it, and if I'm going to love my neighbor 
I may not always feel like reacting towards them in a certain way. I may have other more natural reactions of kind of this visceral reaction, but I'm challenged to not act upon that and instead do that which God has challenged us to, both there in chapter 19 of Leviticus, as well as within Jesus's own teaching. Uh, I'm supposed to be intentional about that. So that's my challenge to you this week. Last week, I challenged you to be intentional about how you love on God. Uh, I hope this past week you've spent a little bit more time reading and meditating on His Word, that you spent a little bit more time praying listening for his voice and that you've that you have try, attempted to be more intentional about actually obeying him in, in, in various parts of your life, maybe places where you struggle and, and that you, because it takes that kind of intentionality. And loving your neighbor as yourself is the same way. It means that we are going to submit to what God has said, and we're going to react and respond in the ways that he has prescribed, and not necessarily in the ways that we most naturally feel, what we think we want to do or what we think we have the right to do. As a matter of fact, and I would leave you with this, um, nowhere in Scripture are we invited to act towards others based on what they deserve what they have coming based on whether or not they have been nice to us or whether or not they're going to reciprocate in some way. We are always invited to act towards others based on how God has acted towards us. So in other words, in the Leviticus passage, the whole list of laws is framed not around what other people deserve. It's framed, it's framed around, I am the Lord your God. It's because of who God is. He says, be holy as I am holy. And then when we get to the Gospels, we discover that we're to love others not because they're lovable, not because they can repay us, not because of anything they've done for us, but we love others specifically because God first loved us. And so how we react and respond to others in God's economy of things of his kingdom has nothing to do with them. So you can never say, well, I can't do that because they don't deserve it, or um, they uh, aren't nice, or they're not going to be nice back to me, they're not going to reciprocate. It's not based on that to begin with. Nowhere in Scripture is it based upon that. It's based upon a, it is always based upon who God is and what he's done for you. Uh, he says the, the, um, the measure of mercy that you demonstrate to others is the same measure of mercy he's going to demonstrate back to you. Uh, because he has given us a tremendous amount of mer uh, mercy, and that is supposed to be what guides us. So uh, that's my challenge for you this week. Love on others and love them well, just like I challenged you last week to love on God and love him well. Because Jesus said these are the two most important things. These are the things that should get our the greatest amount of our attention, loving God and loving him well, and loving others and loving them well. Both take direct intentionality. Loving God means to obey Him. Loving others means doing for them what God has commanded, irregardless of whether they deserve it or not. 
And that is what Jesus said is the most important. And that's where we need to put our attention, our time, and our efforts. Hey, I thank you for joining me today on this continued journey of learning how to live unleashed. I hope you have a great and awesome day and week. And as always, keep on living unleashed. Unleashed.